Thanks for joining us today at Springwell Church, where we want to draw spiritually thirsty people to Jesus by loving God, loving each other, and loving the world. We hope that today's message builds you up, gives you a little insight, and helps you find a brand new perspective. You can find us in Taylor, South Carolina, and online at springwell.org. That's springwell.org. Now let's jump into the message. Yeah, God is a, is a rescuer. Some of you have those, those stories where you look back and, and you think, man, I, I had nothing to do with where I am in life. It was, it was all God. He restores and he rescues. He works in, in sneaky ways. Um, the last few weeks we've been talking from the subject of, from the series of sneaky God and how God can, can do things that we wouldn't expect him to do and in ways that we wouldn't expect him to do it and how he still does that today. I want to continue that today um, by talking about a guy in Scripture in the Old Testament known as uh, Gideon. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know about y'all, but I, we basically have three different kinds of people in our house. There's, there's me, who is always willing to go at the drop of a hat. Like, I'm ready. You tell me it's time to go. I'm, I'm there. I got my shoes on. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go. And then we have my, my wife, who I think as we've been married for longer, um, she's gotten a little, little faster. Maybe I've gotten slower, too, and so we've kind of met in the middle a little bit. And then we have my, my six-year-old boy. Well, if you've ever been anywhere with a six-year-old, you know nothing happens fast. Even when he is being obedient, doing what he's supposed to do, he still takes forever. Um, you know, we'll be going somewhere, and we'll get, he'll get to the bottom of the steps and have grabbed the wrong toy, or he lost something on the way down, or he didn't have the right hat on, something every time. So it takes us forever to go anywhere, because, really because of, of him. The other day, like many of you, we were going for a walk around the neighborhood, and we were getting ready to go. I, I was ready. I was out the door. Melissa was ready. Um, but here was Riley kind of trying to decide what kind of toy he should bring on a walk, on a 10-minute walk. And so finally, I, um, being the good dad that I am, say, come on, it's go time. It's go time. That's what I want to talk about today is it's, it's go time. And today I really want to talk to those people who are listening who are delaying being who they know they need to be, maybe changing something in their life, doing what they need to do because they're waiting on things to feel perfect, to be just like they want them to be before they take the next step. I think many of us, while we're not like my son, we're not necessarily slow in doing things, I think many of us are slow at doing the right things. We're not, we don't necessarily delay leaving the house, some of, some of you do, but we delay in doing the right things, the things we know we should. We delay in offering the apology when we know we were wrong. We delay in making a commitment that we know we've been needing to make. We delay in making more room in our budget so that we can be a, a giver. We delay a calling or something that we know that God has placed in our lives or a burden that he's called us to help solve and we've delayed it. Or maybe it's, it's letting go with that part of our life that we just can't quite seem to to let go and, and surrender to God. And we usually rationalize that delay by making excuses. How about we'll do it when the kids get older, right? Some of you are, are in the middle of that excuse right now. We'll do it when the kids get older. Or we'll, we'll do it when we make more money, right? I mean, how many of us have said that? We'll do it when we're past this whole pandemic thing. We'll do it when we make more money. Or I'll, I'll, I'll apologize to them. I, I run into them occasionally at the grocery store. I'll apologize to them the, the next time I see them. I'm, I'm not going to make a call. I'll just, I'll just do it the next time I see them. Or, or I'll do it when I'm 100% sure that, that it's God. When I'm 100% sure that God told me, then I'll, then I'll do it. Or how about I'll do it when I feel, when I feel more comfortable. 
You know, the thing about, the thing about God and the thing that I've, I've been learning as, as, as I get older and have more life experience is that oftentimes God wants us to move before we're 100% ready. Like sometimes, oftentimes, God wants us to take a step before we're 100% ready, comfortable, and prepared to do it. Why? Because taking that step before we feel ready requires us to trust, to trust him. And I think this is where faith comes into play. And I think faith has been misconstrued, taken advantage of, often misappropriated um, even in the church. We hear the word faith and some of us get all different kinds of pictures because I think people have kind of misidentified what faith is. But faith is, is real and it's what God really, really wants from us. You see, for some of us, we have heard faith described as a button we push. Like if I push this button, then I, I get what I want. And so if I just believe hard enough, if I just do enough, if I just pray enough, if I just believe, if I just speak it, then I'll get what I want. But faith isn't a button we push, but it's, it's binoculars that we live with. It's a perspective that we see things through. And so faith doesn't just get me what I want, but it literally changes the way I walk because it causes me to focus through the lens that Jesus provides and through the lens of God and through the lens of his power and his ability to rescue and his ability to do things outside of, of, of my control. And so faith isn't a button we push, but it's, it's binoculars we wear. It's a perspective we live life with. Hebrews eleven six says, And without faith, it's impossible impossible. It's, it's impossibility. It's impossible to please God. And I think the reason that is, is because the very thing that pleases the heart of God is us being close to him. And how can you be close to someone that you don't even trust? And so our life is this walk with us being moving people before we're 100% ready. And, and here's, here's the deal. And God spoke this to me several months ago, and it's, and it's changed the way I've thought, and it's not a crazy complex idea, but it, it changed something for me, is that God is either 100% real or he's not. This, this story is either 100% real, this, this story in Scripture is either 100% real or it's not. And here's the thing, if it is 100% real, it deserves my devotion, it deserves my surrender, and it deserves me living a life based on this book, if it's 100% real. And the evidence tells me, as I read and as I, I read outside sources, the evidence tells me that God is real and he deserves my trust. There's an Old Testament story about a guy named Gideon that some of you probably don't know. If you hadn't been in church or very long, you probably don't know this story. But in the Old Testament book of Judges, Judges chapter 6, in fact, Gideon, we see, is, is cutting wheat. And he's hiding it from the Israelites, the people of God, he's hiding it from their enemy, the Midianites. Because the Midianites would always come in, sweep in when they got a new crop and steal their crops. And so God begins to rescue the Israelites because they're his people. They cry out to him. He begins to rescue the Israelites from the Midianites. And he calls this scared man named Gideon to help rescue the Israelites. And God sends an angel to speak to Gideon, something that seems straight, strange based on the fact that he's a scaredy cat. And this is what it says in Judges 6.12. It's been a long time since y'all have heard scaredy cat, hasn't it? Judges 6.12 it says, Then the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, valiant, valiant, valiant warrior. What? 
like literally, if you re- go back and read several verses before, you see that he is scared. He is in hiding. But yet the angel shows up and the angel speaks to him and says, God is with you. The Lord is with you. You valiant warrior. Here's a man who's trying to hide and God comes to him and says, you valiant warrior. God comes to this scared man. But if you think about it, isn't that who God is? Like, isn't that who God is? Can't God, don't we see throughout the course of scripture, God using people who seem to have no purpose? Don't we see God using people who seem to have no skills, who seem not to have enough knowledge, who seem not to have any confidence, who seem to be left out by everybody else, who seem to be people that the world shoves aside, that seem to be people that have given out and given up, that seem to be people that don't have the money. Isn't that who God is? And so God calls the scared man Gideon and says, you're a valiant warrior. That's the sneaky part of God. And here's what I want you to hear is don't let what you seem to be missing stop you from being who God made you to be. Because whether you see it or not, God sees your potential even when you feel powerless. And some of you, if you grasp that right now, it's going to change something you do right after you finish watching this. Because God sees your potential and he knows who you are even when you don't feel it on the outside. And God will usually lead you in a way where you feel like you just have enough. I just have enough. I barely have enough. God usually leads us to barely having enough because he knows that it requires faith if we walk and I barely have enough. If he, if, if he gave us everything we needed at one time, we would have, need no reliance on him. But he wants us close to him. He wants relationship. And so usually we live lives, if we're being faithful, in the barely, I have barely have enough. And so Gideon responds to this angel. And he probably thinks the angel's crazy at this point. He's like, angel, have you been looking at me? I'm hiding. Valiant warrior. Doesn't make any sense. Don't flatter me. But in verse 13, it says, Gideon said to him, Please, my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened? Have you, ever, have you ever asked that question? I know I have. God, if you're really with us, why does this look like this, right? If you're really with us, if you're really with me, then why am I, why am I going through that? And he goes on to say, and where are all his wonders that our fathers told us about? They, they said, hasn't the Lord brought us out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us and handed us over to Midian. Man, isn't, isn't that how it feels sometimes? Like you're, you're trying to get it right. You're trying to manage your anger. You're trying to finally get a, a, a hold on that, on that habit. You're, you're finally, you're trying to read your Bible. You've been trying to, to go to church. You've been trying to be the man, the woman, the brother, the husband, the wife, the adult that, that, that you think you need to be. You've been trying, but it seems like he's He's absent. And let's, let's be honest, that's, that's frustrating, isn't it? To try to be where God wants you to be, but yet he feels like he didn't show up. Several years ago, I had a guy who called me and asked me if I could help him move one Saturday. And because I couldn't think of a good excuse on the spot, I, I did it. And we showed up, me, a couple of other guys, we showed up to help he and his family move. He told us, he said, it'll just take Saturday morning. It won't be a big deal. 
Some of you have heard that story before, and you know what happens next. So we get, we get to his house on Saturday morning. We see the moving truck. It's backed up to the front door. So we're like, oh, man, they're, they're already here. They already got the truck open. They probably already got some stuff on it. Wrong. We, we walk into his house. We, we look around, and literally it looks like they forgot they were moving. Nothing is packed. I'm, not talk, I'm talking not even a spoon is packed. Not a fork, not a pot, not a pan, nothing. And so we walk in. Should have probably walked out. But we walk in, and we begin to try to help. So we pick up some, some couches. We start loading some of that stuff. And we turn around, and this dude is nowhere to be found. It's like he invited us over. He, he started packing. It's like he invited us over to help him with something, and then, and then he left. Sometimes I think that can be the way it feels as we walk in faith. God, for, God invited you over but forgot to show up. But here's the thing. Faith moves forward anyway. Faith keeps seeking answers even when it feels like there's so many questions. Faith looks through its binoculars even when it's not getting or feeling what it wants. So God has a response to Gideon that I think proves this idea of faith and what God really wants from us. In verse 14, it says, The Lord turned to him and said, Go in the strength you have. Now it's go time. Now you're getting it. Go in the strength you have and deliver, deliver Israel from the grasp of Midian. I am sending you. Here's the thing. I don't know what you've been putting off. I don't know what you've, you've failed to act on. I don't know what you've, been, what you've been feeling because it doesn't feel like God's present, but you know you need to do something. I don't know what step that is for you, but God sent me into your living room this morning to tell you it's, it's, it's go time. You may not feel it. You may not love it. You may not feel his presence. You may not feel all the feels as you do it. You may not even be as fulfilled as you think you thought you would be, but it's go time. It's time to start. God tells Gideon, the, angel, the Lord tells Gideon, go with what? You got. Go. It's, it's go time. It's kind of like working out. I wake up way too early every morning. Spend my time with Jesus because I'm a pastor, right? Mm -hmm. Spend my time with Jesus, pray, and then it's time for me to work out. Do you know there's not a single morning that I really want to start working out? Never. But it's all about me taking that step and starting. And once I start, once I kind of get stretched up, stretched out, once I start to get, kind of get warmed up, then it's, it's, it's not so bad. For some of you, taking that first step, because you can't, see the whole, you can't see the whole staircase as the quote goes. You can't see the whole thing. And so taking that first step is going to be your hardest step. But it's go time. Gideon looks at this angel and he says, I'm weak. We do the same thing. I've had this thought before I had child, a child. God, you want me to be a, a dad? I still feel like a kid myself. Still true, by the way. God, you want me to invite them to church, but they know my past. God, you want me to take this step of faith? I don't, I don't know enough. I haven't, I haven't been a believer long enough. I don't, what, what if they ask me a question I don't know? You want me to do that? God, you want me to give to them? I, I, don't, even, I don't even have enough myself. God, you want me to support someone else and... and, and I, I'm struggling emotionally myself. God, you want me to tell someone about Jesus? Well, what if they ask questions? I don't know. God tells Gideon, go with what you got. 
go with what you got. I've decided life is going to feel most of the time like I barely got enough. It's called walking in faith. And many of you, I think, I think many of us today have been putting off something for years because we've been waiting to feel ready. We've been waiting for everything to come together. God's saying it's, it's go time. I wonder how many of us are one step away from faith, trusting God step by step by step and experiencing something amazing, but you continue to think, I don't have enough. And it's robbing you of so much of who God wants you to be and so much of who he wants to be in your life. Because remember, it all comes down to relationship. It all comes down to you taking the step, him, him allowing, uh, you allowing him to get close to you and you walking together. That's what faith is. God wants you to know today, go with what you got. Mom, I know you feel underprepared. Mom, I know you feel at your wits end, but keep going with what you got. God is going to give you enough day by day. Dad, I, I know you feel under-equipped. You feel like you're not man enough. Just go. Keep walking. Take the step. Graduate, I know things are messed up. This wasn't what you've pictured, but God's telling you today, just take the next step. Keep trusting. Adult, <laughs> I know, I know it doesn't feel like you have enough plans together. It feels like things are falling apart more than they're coming together. God is saying, just trust me. Trust me with the next step. And then in verse 16, we see this relational aspect of God and where the strength and courage Gideon is going to need is coming from. Verse 16, God says, but I will be with you. I will be with. I will be with you, the Lord said to him. You will strike Midian down as if it were one man. I think it's pretty cool that Gideon is the one who says, is God really here? God asked him to take a step, and then God says, I will be with you. God answers most of our fears with the words, I will be with you. I will be with you. So Gideon finally begins to kind of hesitantly believe. Just to fast forward the story a little bit, Gideon begins to tear down some altars to other gods, and then God calls this guy to go into battle to deliver the Israelites from the Midianites. Fam famously, and if you've heard any parts of the story, the probably the part you've heard is that Gideon puts a fleece garment on the ground, and he tells God in verse 37, he says, I will put a wool fleece here on the threshing floor. If dew is only on the fleece and all the ground is dry, I will know that you will deliver Israel by my strength, as you said. And that is what happened. And so God does that, and then that's not quite enough. So Gideon asks God, can you kind of do it the other way? Like, can we switch that up a little bit? Let's, let's try again, because he's still not completely sure. He says, can we let the fleece be dry and the ground be wet? And so he, he does that. And, and I think we have, to, we have to talk about that part right there because God, God doesn't disqualify him because of his doubt. Even though he's kind of taking these, these baby steps with God, once again, that's all God wants. That's walking by faith. It's, it's keeping your eyes on God, even though you feel like you may stumble. But God doesn't disqualify him because of his doubt. In fact, it's almost like, like God kind of shows up even more in his doubt. 
And I, and I think that's one of the really cool things about God. And I think if you've, if you've been maybe in, in a church for a long time or maybe you kind of have some misconceptions, I think sometimes we think God hates doubt. I don't, I don't think God hates that we, that we doubt him. As a matter of fact, if you find yourself doubting God, I think you're in a great place to see God because it's the doubt that makes us press into God to find answers like Gideon did. I think that's why Gideon said, hey, you did it that way. Can we kind of do it again just to be sure? Because God shows up in our doubts. So don't push doubt away. If you're doubting, don't feel guilty. And then God tells Gideon, it's go time. He tells him again to go into battle, but there's a catch. God looks at it and he says, Gideon, you got too many men. If I'm Gideon, I'm thinking, no, I don't. I don't have enough. But once again, it's, it's walking by faith. God basically, he knows that if they have more men to fight the Midianites, then they'll assume that they did the work. So God gets the army down to just 300 men to fight this battle. If you're keeping score at home, that means there's 135,000 Midianite men. There's 300 Israelite men. Once again, this is, this is sneaky because if the score is 135,000 to 300, I'm not liking your chances, Gideon. But God gets him to this place. And once again, it's because God so badly wants to show himself in Gideon's life and in the Israelites. And he wants to rescue his people that he gets it down to 300 so that he can show himself and what walking in faith, what the results are and how big he is. And then in Judges 7.22, says, When Gideon's men blew their 300 trumpets, the Lord caused the men, talking about the Midianites, and the whole army to turn on each other with their swords. Who would have thought? Who would have thunk? That when this story began, God would use a scary cat man to do this. Who would have thought when Gideon began asking for signs, even though God had already spoke, that we would get to hear? And who would have thought that 300 men could defeat 135,000 people? Who would have thought the truth is only God could have imagined and it only happens as we trust him step by step. Here's my question. What is God doing to that thing in your life? What is he asking you to do that if you'll trust him and if you'll walk with him, you'll look back and say, who would have thought? Who would have thought that I could finally break loose from that addiction? I just had to take the first step and call somebody for help. Who, who would have thought? Who would have thought that I could actually I could actually support causes and be a giver. I just had to ask somebody to help me make a budget. Who, who, who would have thought that I could actually help that person find Jesus? I just had to get rid of the nerves and take the step and form a relationship with them. Who, who would have thought that I could raise kids like this as a single mom? I just had to believe in myself and take steps with God. Who would have thought, what is the who would have thought story going to be in your life? Because suddenly you're willing to take a step even when you don't understand the entire process. Who would have thought? Because 300 versus 135,000 doesn't, make sense to me. But God is sneaky. And when it's go time and we take the step, he always goes with us step by step. So are you open 
to God doing things differently in your life? Are you open? Are you open to accepting the fact that maybe he's up to something? Maybe he is in your situation. Maybe, maybe he hasn't left. Maybe he is in your situation, but he's asking you to move because he's gonna be with you. Are you open to accepting that maybe he does love you? Maybe you just need to be willing to open yourself up to receive it. Are, are you willing to accept that maybe he wants to do something new in your life? Are you willing to accept that maybe he has a purpose for you if you'll just take that first step that you've been putting on? What is God simply asking you today? Trust me with this. Because that is what faith is. You see, I believe, I believe you have, have what it takes to do anything that God wants you to do. I believe you have what it takes I believe you have what it takes to raise those kids. I believe you have what it takes to be that husband. I believe you have what it takes to get out of financial ruin. I believe you have what it takes to be the first in your family to graduate from college. I believe you have what it takes to overcome that thing that's been holding you down for years. I believe you have what it takes. It's go time. It's time for you to move because God will not leave your side. Let's pray. God, thank you for being so real, for showing up time and time again in our lives. And God, there's somebody watching this right now. And the only reason they haven't accepted Jesus is because they haven't understood everything and they thought they had to understand everything before they could take the step. God, I pray this morning, God, that you would speak to them and tell them it's go time. It's go time. You've got to accept me. It's time. And if that's you this morning, you're listening to me and, and, and you want to accept Jesus and and his sacrifice for you. Just pray this prayer. It's not a magic prayer. It's a confession. Just say, Jesus, I know I've messed up. I've been putting this off, but I do believe you. I believe you love me. I believe you died. I believe you were perfect. I believe you rose again, and I believe you took the penalty for my sin. Come into my life. I don't even know what that means, but I'm going to find out. I don't even know what it means to follow you, but I'm going to find out. Come into my life. Change me forever. I give my life to you. In Jesus' name. For every other person out there that's watching this this morning, what is that thing? What is that thing you've been putting off because it just hasn't felt perfect, but you know it's right? Whatever that thing is that you just thought of, I just want to pray for you. God, let us be people of faith. Let us be people that look through binoculars to you and look through your perspective and look through lens of faith rather than than waiting for everything to fall into place. God, the thing that people just thought of as, as they pray and as they talk to you, God, give them courage. God, give them faith. God, give them strength. Give them the resources they need. Thank you that you walk with us step by step by step. God, thank you for every person listening. God, thank you for an amazing church. Thank you for the love that we have. And God, thank you that we're going to get to be back together soon. Thank you for the privilege of teaching your word. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you same time, same place next week. Y'all have a great week.